I, in languages, do not get along. I took German in high school. Um, I had to bake some German cookies for extra credit just to get a B. And if you know anything about me, the fact that I was cooking in the first place meant that I was very desperate. I barely passed Latin in seminary. I don't know what I was thinking because even after these experiences, I still thought it would be cool to take Hebrew and Greek so that I could read the Bible in its original languages. So I did. I took Hebrew and Greek in seminary. And again, both times, I barely passed. Several years after I was ordained, I was at World Youth Day in Madrid, Spain. Now, we are hoping to take a group to World Youth Day uh, in Portugal this coming August, August of 2023. Um, it will be about $5,000. Don't worry about the cost. We will help you fundraise. If you're interested, you can talk to me afterwards. Well, anyways, uh, back to World Youth Day in Madrid, Spain in 2011. They had booths uh, for us priests to hear confessions. And a priest uh, needs to know what's being confessed, and so a priest can only hear confessions in the languages he knows. And so outside of your confession booth, you would hang a placard for every language that you knew. The priest next to me had like eight placards, eight languages that you could hear confessions in. So I felt a little pathetic just having my one English placard hanging on my confession booth. In the first reading from Isaiah, God says that he has come to gather nations of every language. They shall come and see and gather God's glory. Then God says he will send them to proclaim his glory among the nations. God says he will gather them in Jerusalem, God's holy mountain. Jesus, the apostles, and the early Christian understood that heaven was the new Jerusalem. Every time we come to Mass, we get a foretaste of heaven, literally in the Eucharist. But also the saints and theologians say that if we had the eyes of faith to see it, we would see the angels and saints of heaven gathered around the altar at every Mass. At every Mass, heaven and earth collide. In the Eucharist, we receive food from heaven. We receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. The response to the says, go out to all the world and tell the good news. We are being called out by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. If we do so, we will be following in the footsteps of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the Gospel, we see Jesus passing through towns and villages, teaching the people the truth of who he is. As Jesus is traveling through these towns and villages on his way to Jerusalem, Someone stops Jesus and asks, Lord, will only a few be saved? What does Jesus say? Does Jesus say, oh, just be a nice person, you'll get to heaven. Now, as I've mentioned before, I kind of dislike funerals for this reason. People say, oh, he was a nice person, I'm sure he's in heaven. How do they know that? Were they given divine revelation that their loved one was in heaven and not in purgatory? Or maybe worse yet, in hell. Did they have a relationship with Jesus? Did the, one, did the loved one spend time with Jesus in prayer? Did they spend time with Jesus and his body, the church, every Sunday at Mass? And receive him body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist? This is why we need to pray, continue to pray for our deceased loved ones. 
that they are in purgatory are prayers can call down extra graces upon their souls to purify them and speed them along their purification and entrance into heaven. When Jesus is asked if only a few will be saved, what does Jesus actually say? No, he says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For I tell you, many will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Now, no one is strong enough. We cannot get into heaven, the new Jerusalem, by force. We can only get into heaven by love, love of God, and love of neighbor. Now, the Jews, too, thought that they would automatically get into heaven. Now, it is true God chose the Jewish people to be his people. However, as we saw in the first reading, God chose them to be his people so that they would be a center point for the gathering of the nations, nations of every language. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are great father figures for the nation and religion of the Jewish people. So Jesus says there will be much wailing and grinding of teeth when they see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the prophets in the kingdom of God in heaven, but they themselves cast out. Okay, time out. Jesus uses this imagery of grinding of teeth several times in the Gospels. Now, I don't know about you, but I never found grinding of teeth all that annoying. But then again, I actually don't find screeching of nails on a chalkboard that annoying either. I know some people can't stand it. I don't even know, are chalkboards still a thing or have they all been replaced by dry erase boards? Anyways, Jesus piles on the criticism. Jesus tells them that even non-Jews will get into heaven. He says people from the east and the west and from the north and the south will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. I suppose in the same way we could say that just because you are a Catholic or even just a Christian or as I've alluded to earlier, just a nice person, doesn't that mean you automatically get into heaven? How do we get into heaven? How do we get through the narrow gate? Jesus. Jesus is the narrow gate. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. We have to first recognize that Jesus loves us. That he loves us so much that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Then we have to love him back. This is the second step. Ideally, we would spend time in prayer, go to Mass, and love our neighbor not out of obligation, but out of love. Now, having received Jesus' love, we cannot but love him back. So, are you spending time around Jesus, or are you spending time with Jesus? Are you and Jesus just acquaintances, or are you friends? Are you and Jesus at the same party giving each other high signs from across the room? Or are you standing next to him, conversing with him? Jesus says, they will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Jesus says, the Master God will respond, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. Jesus' response is just two things we already know and have talked about. One, we can't just hang out with Jesus, be in his company. We have to have a real working relationship with him, just as you would with anyone else. This requires time and effort. With God, I suppose this looks a little different than it might with your friends. Yes, you can talk to God anywhere, 
but it would be good to spend some time in silent prayer with God, either in a special quiet place, or better yet, if you have the time, uh, to come here to the Newman Center and spend time in front of Jesus in the tabernacle. And to spend time with Jesus in his body, the church, at Mass every Sunday. The Mass should be the source and summit of our Christian lives. And two, we should not... And two, we should strive not to do evil. We should strive for holiness. We should strive to be saints. As fallen human beings, we will fail. We will do evil. And when we do, we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, to the sacrament of confession. And after that, try again to become the saints we are called to be. I may not know eight languages like the priest next to me at World Youth Day in Madrid. Some days I feel like I barely know English. But at this point in my life, it seems unlikely that I will ever be called to learn seven more languages. However, I do know that I am called daily to receive Jesus' love, love him back, love my neighbor, and strive for holiness, for becoming a saint, a saint someday in heaven. I do not do this on my own. I do this only through the power and grace of Jesus Christ, which he won for us on his cross.